success in the new retirement with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. This is the Success in the New Retirement podcast with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. It's all powered by Acute Wealth Advisors. And if you hear anything on this show, you need some clarity on 480-680-6868. Now, let's get to the show. Damon spending some time with the family this weekend. Matt, kind of a quiet week for you. The financial <laughs> right, world. Not right. much to talk about. Yeah, normally we come on the show, we're like, hey, let's uh, talk a little bit about the Phoenix weather and yada yada. <laughs> How's your what's golf going game on with and... sports and whatnot? But uh, I, think, Busy. I think this week we've got to dive right into what's happening in the world because there's some pretty scary headlines out there right now with some of these bank failures and yeah, we this week was pretty busy. We had with a few clients that had, had called in and said, hey, you know, tell me what's going on with this. And so we ended up writing a letter and sending it out to all of our clients. And, and it was it was awesome because like literally within five minutes of the letter going out, I got a call from one of my clients that said, hey, thank you so much. I was thinking about this and your email popped up. I read it. I feel great about what you guys are doing. And thanks for the explanation of what's happening and how it potentially can impact me and where, the, where we stand there. And so I think right now, if, if you're not getting communication from your advisor to kind of tell you what's going on, to give you some direction and advice so you don't panic about things, I think, I think you're missing out because this is when a, an advisor should be communicating and should be talking to people because there is a lot of concern, a lot of people just wondering, how does this impact me? And so I think, I think it'd, it'd be really smart to go through kind of talk about that today and maybe people can get some answers from our show because you know I'm, I, I know their people are, are wondering what's going on how does this impact their funds how does this impact their retirement 480-680-6868 all right that's a great place to start i think matt my first question is how did this happen did they not learn anything from 2008 well, it's interesting because they did reduce some of the bank's regulations in 2018. And there's some people that are saying that if we had that regulation in place, that something like this wouldn't happen. Um, I guess what I would say is that if this is contained in only, you know, the, the biggest bank that just fell, the SVB, was the 16th largest bank. So it wasn't like it was some small bank. So, you know, if some other larger banks, and we're already starting to see that, that, you know, Credit Suisse is is struggling and and things that there might be you know where this wasn't based off of regulation it's just based off of the facts that that occurred and some of these banks didn't do the proper risk management so to kind of just make this more simple basically what happened with this svb is they're a, a bank that caters to you know businesses mostly venture capital and startup businesses and so they manage the funds and the accounts for like companies like roku and vimeo and some of these things that you hear these startup companies and and so most of their deposits were these large accounts from these big companies that were well over 250,000. They did not cater very much to just like the individual mom and pop coming in there and doing banking. It was mostly a corporate bank. And so as they collected all of this money in 2020 and 2021, all this stimulus money, all of these profits, all of this growth, they, their, their balance sheets just blew up. And so when they get this money, they can't just let it sit there in cash. And so what they do is they go out and they buy investments because they're like, okay, while we're holding this money, you know, some of this money can be invested. We can make a little bit of money off of it. And then obviously we still have some cash to send out to the clients when they need it, but they're not going to need all their money at one time. So they go out and buy these treasuries and other bonds. And let's say that the bonds and treasuries they were buying were paying like 2%. And so they're making 2% on this money. You know, it's helping the bank be profitable. Here you go. Well, the problem that's, that occurred is 
the interest rates started to rise. And when interest rates start to rise, your 2% bond, if you had to go out to the market and try to sell that, you're going to have to sell it at a discount because people are like, Hey, why would I buy your 2% bond? I can go buy one that's paying four or 5% because interest rates went up. And so that is the problem. And so to avoid banks having to kind of, you know, show these losses of these bonds, they can categorize these bonds as what's called a, as held to maturity. And what that means is they, they just commit that, Hey, we're just going to, we bought a five-year bond. We're going to keep it for the full five years. And if they do that, if you hold a bond to maturity, if you bought a five or a 10 or a 15 year bond and you held it to maturity, as long as the, the entity behind it, which in this case was the US government, again, it's not going bankrupt. As long as you held it to maturity, you are guaranteed to get your entire principal back and the promised interest rate. So you are guaranteed not to lose. The only way these banks could lose on this investment is if they were forced to sell this before maturity. Mm. And so what ended up happening is so, so 2022 hit and a lot of these startup companies started pulling more and more cash from the bank. And so they were putting less and less in because they weren't as profitable because profits started to decline and voila, the bank's starting to get low on money. And so now they're, they're in this bind where if they don't sell some of these held to maturity bonds, which have lost value, then they're going to be in trouble and they're not going to be able to meet deposits. And so, you know, SVB went out to Goldman Sachs and they tried to sell them $22 billion worth of bonds and it cost them about $2 billion in losses when they did that. And when that all happened, that's when the news broke. People started making a run on the bank. People started taking money and before long, they didn't have enough money. Right. And then the banks, you know, it was taken over. Mm -hmm. So, so that's what happened. And so now the question is, okay, if that happened to SVB, can that happen to my bank? Can that happen to other banks out there? And I guess what I would say is, yes, um, there are lots of banks that have to report that they have held to maturity bonds and they have unrealized losses that if they were forced to sell it, there would be losses there. And so the government stepped in right away. And I guess to their credit, and again, we'll see what the long-term repercussions are of this, but, but they, over the weekend, they came in and they said, we are guaranteeing all depositors, which means they are guaranteeing any person that had money in that bank that they are guaranteeing it past that 250,000 and kind of calmed everything down. And essentially what that means is they've essentially said that they're covering all deposits of all banks, because if they covered this one bank, they're going to cover the next bank. And so essentially what they've done is they've kind of said that the FDIC $250,000 limit, that the government's going to stand behind that and guarantee 100%. So you could be well over that 250,000 and your money is still protected. And they did that so that they would stop people from having this run on these banks. Mm. And so, you know, I guess the question that I'm getting from some clients and what we put in our letter out to our clients to kind of explain this is, okay, well, I have some questions. What do I do about my bank? Right. And so, you know, the response or the answer there is, again, most banks are going to be fine, but I promise you there are going to be more banks that are going to fail. Now, how many? I don't know. Um, a kind of a surprising statistic in 2008, Mark, make a guess of how many banks failed in 2008. In 2008? Yep. Uh, 35? 
465 banks failed. <laughs> so, so can, can you have a, a scenario where a lot of banks fail? And again, banks only are good if people keep their money there. If there's a freak out moment and people freak out and panic and there's a run on deposits. And, and again, nowadays you don't even have to run down to the bank and get in line. You can go online and transfer the money electronically. Mm-hmm. If that happens, more banks will fail. And so I guess what I would predict is that there will be more banks that fell. Um, how many, I don't know if it gets to 465, I'd be surprised, but, uh, there will likely be banks that fell. But again, as we just said, the FDIC insurance of 250, that's still in place, but essentially the government's also come in and said, we'll guarantee more than that. And so how that all shakes out, what the rules are, how they kind of manage that going forward. I don't know that that's it remains to be seen. That's where they have to wait till all the dust settles. But right now, your, your money's protected that way. And so again, I wouldn't, I would tell people that there's a very low risk of losing your deposits because of the action that the government recently took on, on Sunday to kind of calm things down. So I'm not going to my bank and clearing out all my money and putting it in cash and hiding it under my mattress. Did you have so, any of your clients that, that were like one step away or calling you from the parking lot of their bank? No, 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 no. Because you know, I feel like we communicated and kind of, you know, stopped that before, you know, that kind of led to that. But again, it, I'm sure it crosses people's mind. Mm-hmm. I had a good friend of mine that, you know, he just texts me, he's on vacation. And he was like, Hey, I just heard all this stuff. What do I do? Do I go to my bank and do this? And what do I do? You know, what do I do with my business account? Because there's more money in that there than I probably should have had, but I've got to meet payroll and all this kind of stuff. And so, so people are having these questions. So I think it's a valid question, but again, we're not telling any of our clients to go and just clear out their bank account. Okay. So the next biggest question that clients had is, okay, well, tell me what's happening with my retirement accounts. Are, are those protected or could they be lost because, you know, the institution that I'm with goes bankrupt? When the news broke that SVB was being taken over, that was like on, you know, I think it was Wednesday night mm-hmm. or Thursday morning. Again, the market dropped on Thursday and Friday, like 5% in two days, you know, and it dropped and, and it was pretty volatile there. And, you know, those regional bank ETF, it dropped like, you know, 60%. I mean, it was like crazy, just the amount of volatility that immediately impacted that. You saw banks that, that were suspected of maybe being in the same spot as SVB losing, you know, 60, 70, 80% of its value in like overnight. And so again, there was a big, huge run and it's created a lot of volatility. We've seen, you know, large swings. Again, every day I'm looking at the the stock market ticker and you're seeing swings mostly down of well over 1% on a daily basis. And then it will kind of come up a little bit and then it comes back down. And so I was able to talk to our clients and said, look, we have been preparing for this. If you've been listening to the radio show, one of the things that we do with our clients is we have a more of a tactical investment strategy. And what that is, is we take your portfolio and we say, okay, you know, if, if things were bright and sunny and the, the, everything looks good, the market's going to, you know, look really positive. The economy looks strong. How much risk do you want to have? And so they would say, well, I want 60% stock, 40% bonds or something like that. Okay. So great. We, that's your max risk level. And so if we think, and all of our indicators are telling us that the market looks pretty strong, the economy looks strong, then we're going to have you invested 60, 40. We're not going to go, you know, greater than that. We're not going to have you a hundred percent in stock. We're going to kind of, you know, gauge the risk level based off of that. But there are times, and we're in one of those times right now where the, all of our indicators are flashing that caution is going to win the day, that being more protective, more, more strategic about where you're taking your risk and how much risk you're taking is key. And so a lot of our clients that said, Hey, I want to be in a 60, 40 portfolio, 60% stock. 
they pull up their account right now and they'd see that they have, you know, 40% of their money in a money market account making four and a half percent. They would see that they have only like 10 or 15% of their portfolio following what the market does. They have things that are, you know, kind of, you know, designed that if the market's having a bad day, it's doing, it's doing pretty well. And so there is a lot of strategies that we've employed with our clients portfolio that during this time when the market was down 5% and then you saw this, you know, these drops of one and 2% in a day, I pull up my client's account and it would show, oh, they're up 0.3 or whatever. And so we're, we're, we're trying to mitigate risk right now. And right now we've, our portfolio has actually done really well during this time. And so the question that people need to be asking right now is saying, okay, number one, if I heard my, from my advisor is they communicated or told me anything about what's going on, or they just kind of let me float in the wind. Number two, have they done anything and have they done anything before this all happened to protect my assets? Have, they, have there been any shifts in lowering the risk level in protecting? Because right now the, the risk of, of downside is much greater than the benefits and the, and the prospects of a large increase in the stock market right now. And so I think people need to really be focused on having a financial plan that helps them reduce risk because it is so essential right now. And so I had one client call me up and they were like, man, can you believe they were talking about all these headlines and you know, they were, they're, they're a news watcher. And so again, if there's something big in the world's happening and I, I almost get a phone call with them and say, Hey, what is this thing with Russia? What is this thing? I mean, they're, they're always calling me and just saying, Hey, you know, what do you think about the latest headline? And they called me up and they're like, can you believe all this bank stuff? And I was like, yeah, you know, this kind of way how we talked through it. And he's like, but man, I looked at my portfolio and we're doing so good right now. It's, it's great. <laughs> and so again, I just want to emphasize to people that right now, tactical strategies and an approach to keeping your portfolio safe, protected and growing in these times is so vital because, yeah, it might be protected from a takeover or a bankruptcy or something like that. And you're not subject to those risks. But how much money are you losing right now because the market's doing what it's doing? And and what what's around the corner? What next bank failure causes the market to you know berserk and and drop another, you know, one or two or three or four or five percent? And mm-hmm. and that's what the environment that we're in, that it's going to be based off of some of these headlines and and these headlines probably aren't going to get much better for a little while. And so you've got to be careful about how much risk you're taking. You know, and, and the government can't bail out every single bank. Well, and again, that's, I mean, so back to them saying we're going to guarantee all the deposits. I mean, how in the world do they do? I mean, there's trillions and trillions of dollars in banks. So if every bank failed, we'd have a big problem, right? Mm-hmm. But that being said, government's not saying anything about protecting your, your retirement accounts and your 401k account and your IRA account. I mean, you're on your own there because that money's going up and down with the market. And, and they're not, hey, sorry, if you took the risk and you lost it, you know, we're not, we're not making you whole, you're not, you know, there's no fund to come back and say, Hey, I lost a hundred grand in my 401k. I'd like to apply for a, a benefit package right. to get that money back. So you've got to be doing what you need to be doing to control what risk you can control. And like I said, if, if you're not hearing from your financial advisor, if there has been no communication, if you haven't, you know, had a, a letter or an email or any kind of updates and you're floating in the wind, Again, I would say, what in the world is that person doing and how, how is that benefiting me? And then again, if you're doing this on your own, you're probably pretty overwhelmed right now because it's, it's pretty difficult to understand and know what moves should be made to, to properly protect your wealth. 
you know, we're watching the CNBC and the Fox business and Bloomberg and we're seeing all the red arrows and the flashing lights. And if you haven't heard from your advisor, if that's not a red flag with all this going on, they haven't even reached out with an email. I mean, I don't know how much more clear it can be put to you. Give the team at Acute Wealth Advisors, give them a call. Let's begin that conversation. There's nothing wrong with getting a second opinion. 480-680-6868. That initial consultation with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton, no cost, no obligation to you. Again, 480-680-6868. Or when you get the opportunity, go online, successinthenewretirement.com. You can see all the services they have to offer in a couple of clicks and then get you scheduled for that consultation. Again, successinthenewretirement.com. And Matt, we're talking about the important ways and the strategies you're putting in place to protect these assets. What are some of the strategies? Is this when like the annuity conversation comes top of mind or what are some of the strategies you're offering? Well, again, we already talked about a tactical portfolio. So again, money that's invested in the market needs to have some strategies in place where you can go risk off. Mm-hmm. where you can take some risk off the table when it makes sense. But then again, that then you, if you step back, what you really want to have is a good, you know, f- comprehensive financial plan. And that includes strategies for saying, okay, well, how do I protect money when the market's down? How do I, how do I protect the income streams that I'm going to need? So I'm not having to draw large amounts out of counts that just drop significantly because the market wipes something out. What, what are my strategies? And so that's where you're looking at, you know, a lot of different things you're looking at. Okay. Do, do I obviously have a diversified portfolio? I have the tactical strategy on that part. Okay. Now, um, what else should I add in there? Should I add in a structured note? Should I add in a bond laddering strategy? Should I add in an annuity for some income? Again, it all depends on the person's preference. It depends on the person's needs. I was just meeting with a client and they came in and they have a pension of $5,000 a month and social security benefits of $2,500 a month. Well, again, I mean, they've got over $90,000 or so coming in every year. And right now their budget is they need about 75 to make ends meet. Okay. They've already got their income covered, mm-hmm. right? So now it's a matter of let's figure out how to invest their portfolio in a proper way so that when they need a pay raise because their pension doesn't have a cost of living adjustment and social security may not keep up. And so if they need a pay raise five or six or 10 years into retirement, we've got a plan for that, but they don't need monthly income right now. And so we're doing some tax planning with that client. We're putting some strategies in place to grow their money and protect and, and manage um, some of the risks that they're taking. But but they don't need some of the other things that if someone walked in my office and they said, I've got you know $3,000 a month from Social Security and I'm missing, you know, I need $6,000 a month. I'm short three grand. Matt, what are the strategies that are available to me? Well, that's we have to have a completely different conversation. And so this is what a comprehensive plan is that you're saying in my particular situation, what are the problems that I need to solve? What are the strategies the best accomplish that? And let's implement that so that we're better protected and and better positioned. Thanks for listening. Want more from Damon and Matt? Check out successinthenewretirement.com. And while you're there, drop us an email with your questions. Investment advisory services offered through Acute Investment Advisory, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through its affiliated company, Acute Wealth Advisors, LLC. Tax and or legal advice is not offered by either company or their affiliated companies. Consult with your tax and legal professionals for guidance on tax or legal matters. The information presented should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. All expressions of opinion are subject to change. We are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.